Scripture passage today is from Luke 15, verses 11 to 31. Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of the belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About this same time, money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the fattest, finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Well, your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and won't, won't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, my son, you have always stayed with me, and everything I have is yours.
Mike Schultz owns a car dealership in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. About two years ago, he walked onto his lot in the morning and realized that vandals had broken in and had vandalized a number of his cars. There were dents in the hoods of cars, cracked windshields, scratched enamel all over, tens of thousands of dollars worth of damages. Well, they had video cameras up, and so he released the videotapes to the public and within hours had the identities of the, of the vandals. So he turned the names over to the police, and the police informed Mike that one of the vandals was a 14-year-old boy, and that this boy lived with his mom in a, a very small, very old apartment. Uh, this boy walked three miles a day to and from school, and that there was no way they could even begin to pay back this debt. And so Mike decides to not press charges. Not only that, Mike actually found this mother and son a new apartment. He gave this 14-year-old boy a bus pass and a bicycle to get to school. Just because. He didn't ask for anything in return. Now, as it turned out, this 14-year-old boy started showing up at the car dealership. He started hanging out there. First thing on Saturday mornings, he made a beeline to the car dealership. And he started asking, can, can, I, can I do anything? Can I empty the trash cans? Sometimes he just hangs out with Mike and follows him around. I love this story because nowhere in this story do we see an ounce of, of tough love. Okay, I, I can't stand that phrase, tough love. Because tough love in a story like this would say, sorry kid, you broke the law, you've got to go to juvie. It's not tough love. There's no love the sin or hate the sin here. It's not even fair love or just love. You know, Mike could have said, look, you've got, you've got all these thousands of dollars worth of damages. Why don't you come and work for me and you can slowly pay this debt off? It's not tough love. It's not just love. This is outrageous love. It's the kind of love that says, you vandalize my cars, I give you a bicycle. You trespass on my property, I find you a new apartment. You don't have the option of even remotely beginning to pay me back, and so here's a bus pass. If that story sounds at all familiar to you, it's because you just heard Dr. Williams read another version of this story. There's no tough love in the story of the younger son. Tough love is, boy, sorry, son, you squandered your wealth, sorry, back to the pigs with you. It's not just love or fair love. The father doesn't say, welcome back, I forgive you, okay, out to the fields now. It's outrageous love. It's the love that says, you stole from me, you wished I was dead, you squandered your money. Let's have a party. This is why Jesus is so offensive. This is exactly why people can't stand him, what leads them to get killed, because it makes people uncomfortable. This is not how things are supposed to work. The start of Luke 15, we read that the, the Pharisees came to Jesus 
said the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Yeah, (laughs) they got it exactly right. They see clearly exactly what's going on, but they don't like it. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Depending on your tone of voice, this is either good news or disgusting news. (laughs) This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. If Jesus had come as a baby and lived as a man among us today, I imagine the friends that he had on social media would make us blush. They would make us uncomfortable. This is why Jesus is offensive. If your understanding of the gospel is not at least a little bit offensive, then it's probably not the gospel. If your understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't make other people uncomfortable, then it's probably a gospel that you've formed in your own image. This is why Jesus came. He came not for the healthy, he came for the sick. Uh, Listen to this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The father said to him, Father, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned. The father was looking for the son before the son came back. The father was loving the son before the son came back. And the father was looking for the son and loving the son and embracing the son before the son could get a word of apology on his lips. So often we think that the love of God is reserved for people who have fallen on their knees in repentance. The father is loving the son before he can even say, I'm sorry. While he's still in his pig clothes, he has come straight from the pigs to his house and his father's got him in an embrace. Can you imagine that smell? Sometimes we think we've got to go change our clothes, get cleaned up, and then come in and apologize and then we'll be... No. The father sees him, he runs to him, he embraces him all before a word of apology is on his lips and before he is out of his disgusting clothes. When I was six years old, my dad gathered up my sisters and I into the car and said, we're going to celebrate Mandy's birthday, hop in the car, and he drove us to a hog farm. I don't know why. I don't remember especially being interested in pigs or farm animals, for that matter. But we went to a hog farm, and I was one of those kids that could get excited about anything. So I'm like, yay, hog farm. And we went around, we patted these pigs. I actually rode on a hog around in a circle. And that was how I spent my sixth birthday. We came home after maybe an hour and a half with these hogs, and my mom made us leave our coats outside because we just reeked. We just smelled. And here we've got this younger son living with the pigs, hungry, coming home with his head down, and he is embraced by the father. This is echoed by the Apostle Paul, who says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were still a long way off, the Father was looking for us. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Most of us try to end the story right here. We come to the Lord, we ask for forgiveness, and then we go back out to the field and start to work to show him just how sorry we are. But that's not how this story goes. Because God doesn't want to just deliver us from the pig pen, he wants to put us in the party. He doesn't just want to save us from death, he wants to give us life. This is why Jesus came. It would have made sense if the son came home and was sent out to the fields. But this isn't tough love. This isn't just love. This is outrageous love. Instead, he calls for a robe, for sandals, for a ring, for the fattened calf to be killed. And it's just a party without any disclaimers. The father isn't like, now I'm throwing you a party, but I don't condone your behavior. You know, there's nothing like that. It's just pure celebration. There is no sin you could possibly commit that holds more power than the blood of Jesus Christ. Any guilt that you are holding on to It's a drop in the ocean compared to the blood of Jesus Christ. You might say, I should have known better. You might say, I don't deserve this. You might beat yourself up every single time you look in the mirror. But the truth of the matter is this. The Father is looking for you, and when he sees you, he breaks into a smile. He breaks out in a run. He runs to you. He embraces you. He kisses you. He gives you a new robe, a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet, and he invites you to a party. This is what God does. And the trick of the devil is to convince you not that the father doesn't exist, but that the father is more like the older son. This is just the character of God. This party isn't an anomaly. Jesus actually tells three parables in John 15. There's the parable of the sheep, the coin, and then the parable of the lost son. Do you know how every single one of those stories ends? With a party consistently, over and over again, when the lost is found, we celebrate. We had to celebrate, the father said to the older son. The sin of the older son, by the way, it isn't that he was out in the fields, it's that he refused to go to the party. Now, my tendency would be to say, All right, we're going to have a party, but we're going to wait two or three months to make sure that you've really changed. Because what would happen, what would happen if you have the party and then the son goes to bed and he wakes up the the next morning and with a full stomach realizes, "Eh, I think I want to go back out to the distant land again. 
what if the son left again? And what if the son left again and then wanted to come back again, wanted to come back a second time? Would the father welcome him back? And if so, how many times would the father forgive him? How many times could the son leave and come back? Seven times? Seven times? Seventy times? But that's absurd. That is outrageous. That's offensive. And that's the gospel. Now, some of us are uncomfortable with this, and we're going, well, but what about the sin? What about the wrong that he's done? There's got to be consequences here somewhere. Where's the justice? The reason why the son doesn't have to pay for these sins is because another son paid for those sins beforehand. I teach New Testament survey, and a while back, I asked my students to read through Luke 15, to read this parable, and then to just jot down a paragraph on who they identified with the most in the story. I had a number of people say that they identified with the younger son because they had a period of rebellion. I had a lot of people say that they identified the most with the older son, never really strayed much from the Lord, but noticed a judgmental spirit within themselves. But there was one that really stood out to me. This person said that he identified the most with the father because he'd had to forgive a lot of people in his life. But, he said, I would not have thrown a party because that was completely unnecessary and just rewards bad behavior. There might be a little bit of an older son hiding in there. But I thought, yeah, that's exactly right. That's the gospel. It's completely unnecessary and just rewards bad behavior. Completely unnecessary and just rewards bad behavior. So, well, what you're saying then is I could just keep sinning over and over and over again and God will take me back and just go into the cycle and I can work the system. Well, that's exactly why the Apostle Paul says, shall we go on sinning that grace might increase? By no means, but that's a sermon for another day. Because today, we are being invited into the party. Today is the day of celebration when the Father throws open the door and invites us all in. Glennon Melton is a writer, speaker, uh, but before she was a Christian, she definitely had one of these younger son experiences. She had a long criminal record, food addict, drug addict, alcoholic. Uh, During this time, she had an abortion. And when she came to the Lord and she started to share some of her story, most of the criticism that Glennon got was from other Christians. It was people saying things like, I don't see how she can be so shameless about the fact that she had an abortion. Glennon says, well, isn't that the point of grace? Isn't that the point of this whole Christianity thing? Why in the world would we put up with the rules and this and that if we're not going to take advantage of grace? And then she says this. She says, not, not clinging to the grace of God is like going to a party 
and refusing to dance. We go to the party, we lean up against the wall, we cross our arms, and not only do we refuse to dance, but we try to keep other people from dancing as well. She says, I'm a former food addict, a former drug addict. Grace is the only high I have left. This morning, I invite you to come to the party. Not because of anything you've done, but come to the party and dance. Some of you might be afraid, well, but looking at my past, if I come there, if I dance, if I participate in this party, people might think I'm shameless. That's exactly the point. The enemy most likely isn't going to trick you to leave the house completely. He's going to try to convince you to spend your time in the field as opposed to the party. But you are invited to life and life to the fullest. If you will, uh, get a picture of God in your head. You can close your eyes, open them, it doesn't matter. But, but I want you to get a mental image of the face of the Father in your mind. What kind of facial expression does he have? Whatever face you're imagining, I want you to imagine that face smiling at you. Not just with his mouth, but with his eyes as well. You know what that looks like. This is the image of God the Father loving his children before a word was on our lips. Regardless of what we're wearing, regardless of what we've done, you are sought after, you are chased after, you are embraced, and you are invited to a party. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would protect us from the lies of the enemy that would have us relying on our own righteousness as opposed to the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would step into the party with heads held high, that we would dance, and that we would allow those around us to dance as well. And now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. To God be glory in the church forever. Amen. You're dismissed.